Welcome to Euractiv's Tech Brief podcast. My name is Laura Kabelka. I'm Euractiv's tech reporter from Berlin. For an overview on all things tech in the EU, sign up to a free Tech Brief newsletter or visit our website, euractiv.com. This week, we are zooming in on a hot debate in Germany that is all about data, privacy, and also child abuse, namely the discussion on data retention, or rather a subtopic of it, the storage of IP addresses. In fact, the debate that we will cover today has been going on for years, and it is still quite complicated, with the German government still not in agreement. The storage of traffic data in Germany has been suspended for several years. German courts came to the conclusion that retention violates EU law and referred the matter to the European Court of Justice for clarification. The German coalition agreement also states that there shall be no more data retention. On the 20th of September this year, the European Court of Justice then announced its decision, ruling against data retention as well. However, in Germany, the conservative opposition party, as well as the governing Social Democrats, have expressed that a certain form of data retention, namely the storing of IP addresses to fight sexual abuse of children online and crime more broadly, should be an exception. Other parties are advocating for another way to fight crime without interfering with people's privacy at such a large scale, namely a procedure called quick freeze. I will be talking to Konstantin Macher from Digital Courage, a German privacy and digital rights organization, to talk about these different approaches and the arguments for them. Konstantin, hi, thank you for joining us. Thanks for the invite. So, Konstantin, could you explain the different approaches such as IP address storing and quick freeze and then what the arguments for each of those are and maybe also which parties in Germany are supporting which approach and why? So mainly there are two concepts at play here. One is uh, called data retention, uh, also called general data monitoring, um, in which you would basically collect all kind of connections that you do in the internet. So for example, you use an app, let's say a Tinder or Grindr, and then it makes a connection to the server in the moment that you're trying to chat with someone, swipe left or right or whatever and it would record the IP address that you're uh, doing that from. In other concepts, um, there's also recording your GPS location, which cell tower your mobile phone is connected to at the moment, and so on. Uh, right now, there's a bit of a debate that would limit data retention to IP addresses only, which are still unique identifiers for you when you're online. And then there's another concept that's called quick freeze. And it would only um, be applied after something happens, ideally. So let's say there is a major uh, incident um, of a major crime happening, then a police uh, force could say, we need to record data in this region because um, we, we think the suspect is currently operating in this area. A court would potentially approve of that. And, and afterwards, you could um, try to evaluate that data. So the difference between those concepts is that general data retention would try to record everything, everything of everyone all the time. And quick freeze is supposed to be the more targeted approach in which only once something happens, you start recording the data. Because at the moment, it's 
kind of that um, internet service providers for very brief moment, they need data to process your connections and to charge you for your costs if you don't have a flat rate and so on. Uh, but they typically delete that within a very short time frame. If then police gets a court order to uh, prevent that deletion um, for prosecuting um, a crime, this would potentially be the quick freeze approach. But it's very important to know that there are different ways to identify quick freeze and there's no legal proposal for that yet. So we have to see what really becomes the concept once it's put into place. Right. Okay. And uh, what's the debate? What's the state of the debate right now? And why did this debate actually come up again since this has been an issue for years, basically? Yeah, so in Germany right now, there is a government, um, the first government without the conservatives for 16 years, actually. Um, it's comprised of social democrats, greens and liberals. They have promised that they would um, move away from the recent data retention uh, policy. And in their coalition treaty, they also said so. But there's a bit of an argument within the coalition themselves. So in the Liberals, there's a Minister of Justice called Marco Buschmann. He's claiming responsibility within the government to uh, legislate on this issue. And he is uh, in favor of quick freeze. For the Social Democrats, there's a Minister of the Interior called Nancy Faeser. She has been vocal on the issue of data retention before, and she is in favor of IP data retention. As interior ministers tend to try to claim any issue relating to security, she doesn't want to leave this entirely to Bushman. And so you now have a conflict within the coalition. The Greens, they are not formally charged with writing the law, but they are against general monitoring, uh, in favor of quick freeze. And they have, uh, in a more recent debate, been referring to also the Deutsche Kinderschutzbund, which is a bit like the German Association for Protecting Children, who also said they're against data retention and in favor of quick freeze. And then there's in the opposition, the conservatives, they've always been in favor of blanket data retention. They have repeatedly ignored rulings of the European Court of Justice. Um, they, uh, and also of the German Constitutional Court, where we as Digital Courage have also been um, filing a constitutional complaint against uh, data retention. They always say, let's collect it all as long as possible. We'll see what we can make with that later. And it is actually because of their radical position that in Germany, we have not found a compromise on any more nuanced approach that would actually help because for the last two uh, decades, we kept debating data retention. And then there's the left in parliament. They're also against data retention and they keep saying that um, we need something that actually looks into prevention of crime as well. And then your second question was why Uh, why it came up now, right? So, um, well, it, it happens every now and then that a, that a court rules that data retention is not constitutional, not in line with European, uh, with European fundamental rights. And that happened again uh, very recently. The Court of Justice of the European Union said, um, no, you cannot uh, have blanket data retention. And frankly, I think um, if you read the judgment, it sounded a bit irritated kind of like, well, we've told you before, we keep telling you, why do you come with this to us again and again? And um, in Germany, we actually like to call this uh, as zombie legislation, because whenever it gets defeated, someone tries to push it again. And at this time, it's apparently the German interior minister who goes against the coalition treaty. 
And could you now tell us a bit more about your organization, where you're standing and how you perceive these different approaches that you just talked about? Yeah, we, um, we've been following this issue for a very long time and we actually have filed a constitutional complaint against data retention uh, before the German Constitutional Court. And I think there's something very interesting in the judgment of the Court of Justice of the European Union that I think is very much in line with, with what we believe. Um, they say in relation to human, uh, European human rights law, it's a floor, not a ceiling. And I think this is really important because some politicians think you should always do the minimum in terms of human rights protection and you should do everything, uh, even if it infringes it on human rights as far as possible until it gets forbidden by the courts, because then this would constitute security. But we don't believe that that is good politics and it doesn't make us safer. Good politics protects security and our fundamental rights and sees these as mutually connected and not as opposites. There's nothing to secure if you're not free. And so we, as a uh, NGO uh, in Germany, um, we try to educate politicians as far as possible. And when that is not possible, then we, um, we go before the court again. And we believe that um, the quick freeze approach could be an option. But I think you also need to be really careful because right now it's a term that is still to be filled with meaning to some degree. We have a clear idea of a concept of quick freeze that does not mean general monitoring. That is something where a court needs to be involved to um, collect and process data where there are certain uh, fundamental rights safeguards. In that case, we think it could be a good concept and a good compromise uh, because we also believe that law, uh, as digital courage, we believe that law enforcement needs to have some tools at their hands to prosecute crime, but they need to be proportional and effective and data retention uh, is neither of those. Right. So both at the German as well as at the European level, there has been this debate recently about how this could help in the fight against child abuse online. So I'm wondering whether the storing of IP addresses is actually useful for this or why else would it be used as the main argument? Unfortunately, it keeps coming up as an argument and it has not helped to protect children. And it's the same uh, here or it's the same with the chat control debate that is also happening at the moment. I think there's always a focus on protecting children because when it comes to protecting children, we generally act less rationally. Everyone wants to protect children. I don't know anyone who would not want that. We want that. In the context, uh, we sometimes forget in our emotional reaction um, like we think, of course, let's do anything that's technically possible, even if it doesn't help. Uh, and there, then we forget it's actually a bad idea and it's actually counterproductive. Uh, experts in the protection of children's rights stress that we would need to protect children through social workers, through prevention, through education, to better equip police to work on these issues in a targeted manner. And But to provide these manners, uh, measures, to provide these measures gets forgotten when we talk about data retention, because then we get entrenched in these political fights and it shifts our focus and our resources away from actually addressing the complex social problem. And instead, we then debate a quick technocratic fix that doesn't really help. And the thing with perpetrators of sexualized violence against children online, they have means to obfuscate their IP address. They know that and they use that. So IP data retention would not actually help to get them. 
but it instead affects the general population that is subjected to mass surveillance. Right. You now also alluded to um, the chat control uh, debate, which is uh, happening due to the Commission's proposal of the child sexual abuse material regulation. Could you say a little bit about that and why this is uh, related? The idea behind the chat control legislation by the Interior Commissioner Ilva Jonsson is to have an automatic scanning of private messages to look for depictions of child sexual abuse and The idea there is that um, they would basically monitor every conversation that everyone has uh, in your encrypted messengers and break encryption through that and with that hope, hope to find perpetrators of that. But it's the same problem again. Uh, it would target uh, the general population and not the actual perpetrators who are operating uh, through different means. They have like encrypted forums on which they share this material. They're not using WhatsApp or Signal or so on, but the legislation then thinks, well, let's uh, target everyone and hopefully with that catch-all approach, we get the perpetrators too. And it is again uh, going for a technocratic fix that um, would actually infringe on fundamental rights a lot, but not help children because it would take away resources again from as I said before, the means that you would actually need to do. Right. Okay. Thanks for making that connection as well. Maybe as a last question, I would like to ask you where you actually see this debate going right now, because we see we have different views. Uh, what are the next steps? Well, I think it would be really important on the European level for the European Commission to, at some point, realize that they have a role to protect the Charter of the Fundamental Rights to respect the rulings of the Court of Justice of the European Union. And we as Digital Courage, we are members of the European Digital Rights. It's an expert organization for digital rights in the EU. And we've called upon the Commission to investigate illegal data retention practices uh, because it's the role of the Commission to be the guardian of the treaties. And uh, they should take action on member states that do data retention because, because it's mass surveillance and it's incompatible with European law. But unfortunately, they've not done so in the past. And with the von der Leyen Commission, I wouldn't hold my breath that this is going to change. So we hope that the German coalition will see reason in this and uh, that they will uh, abstain from general data protection. <laughs> I hope that they abstain from general data monitoring, general data retention, and that uh, Justice Minister Bushman insists on what he promised in the past. Uh, he announced that he will propose legislations in the weeks after the ruling, and we will likely see that very soon. I think there is a risk that, however, the debate will go in a direction that the coalition needs to make uh, peace amongst themselves. And so they will go for a foul compromise in which they will call it a quick freeze, but make it in a way that basically you just have so many pseudo-targeted measures in a row that in the end it becomes a mass surveillance of everyone again. And then Nancy Faeser, the interior minister, gets her IP data retention through basically a foul compromise in that. So we will monitor the situation closely and try to convince them to do the right thing. But if necessary, we have the number of our lawyers and are ready for the fight as well. And that's it for this week. 
Don't forget to sign up to our free Tech Brief newsletter to receive a comprehensive overview of tech affairs in the world of European politics and policy directly in your mailbox. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast published on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Amazon Music. I am Laura Kabelka and thank you for listening. Thank you.